Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> We've just passed our terrible twos, and our podcast is now into its fearsome freeze. Yes. We've been going for three years now, and we wouldn't have been able to do that without you guys, the listeners. So, we're currently offering you the microphone to let us know how you came across the show and what you think to it. Every week for the next four weeks, we'll play a little clip from one of our amazing listeners from around the world. Today, we're handing the microphone to Alice from London. Hi, my name's Alice. I'm from London. Found you guys um, by chance on iTunes. Um, my boyfriend had just broken up with me, and I needed to be completely immersed in something that would take me out of my head. Um, and I've always loved horror, so I found you. Been completely hooked. Start at the beginning, and I've never missed an episode since. Thank you, Alice. Today's episode is Ashes to Ashes, written by Daniel Wilcox and narrated by Justin Fife. They say that there are an infinite number of parallel universes out there. Existences running side by side, sharing only a fraction of a difference between each life. A cat crosses the road in one. In another, that same cat trips and stumbles, picks itself up, and continues on its way. In a third, that trip and stumble causes a 78-year-old woman to slam her brakes on a rusty old Corsa, skid 30 feet across the tarmac, and splatter that kitty's internal organs and her own across the rain-soaked tarmac. 
It's a nice sentiment to believe. The universes, not the car accident. Though, it hardly gives me any hope at all. What does it matter that out there, somewhere, the world might be different? That in another universe, the thin haze of volcanic ash that cloaks the streets outside of my basement might have done nothing more than cancel a few flights across the world. Might have delayed Miss Patel from returning from her all-inclusive holiday she visited her family in Orlando. Could have caused beautiful visual illusions as the ash mixed with the glow of the burning sunset. Might have dusted itself over a few fields of crops and rendered them inedible for consumption. I wish it had been that way now. But what use is wishing? The damage is already done. I've already seen the effects of the poisonous ash cloud is having on the world. I had been hard at work when the news bulletin flashed up on my phone. And by that, I mean I'd recently found a way to pass a lot of my own work on to the intern who had started in our office some weeks previous and discovered a way to play Bejeweled on my desktop. The bulletin had read, Toxic Ash Cloud Released. Government Orders a Countrywide Shutdown. As I'd skimmed the article, detailing with blurry handheld images the eruptions which had happened only an hour previous in Iceland, I'd seen the expressions change on my co-workers' faces. Some people rose, scratching their heads. Some silently got up and walked out, not even waiting for a command from the director who was otherwise engaged in a glass-walled office with a snooty group of men and women I'd seen arrive and could already tell I hated. What's going on? Martha, a middle-aged woman who had piled on pounds since she started in the office just six months previous, asked in a hushed voice. I showed her my phone. Her eyes widened. She turned to her desk, scooped her things, and hurried to leave, whispering something about her daughter whose name had already slipped my memory. I took my leave not long after, driving home in unbelievable traffic. I only lived a mile away, but the tailback was horrendous. Already the skies had grown darker, and the bright red brake lights had begun to give me a migraine. I flicked through my Facebook channels and saw wave after wave of shared videos journaling the cloud's progress across the world. A thick brown haze that reminded me of enormous flocks of birds that I'd seen on the Discovery Channel, pulsing and dancing in waves through the skies. I learned later that, had I have put on the sound on the videos, all I'd have heard was screams and coughing. A few videos showed men and women clawing at their eyes, dabbing a film of blood which had begun to ooze from their noses, throats, and any other orifice it could find. For the first time, I started to feel real panic. So it seemed did the woman driving her gleaming silver Lexus through a red light, T-boning a white transit van and sending car parts skinning across the tarmac. At least it wasn't a cat this time. Horns blared. People began to shout. The first flecks of brown and gray had begun to snow from the sky like pepper flakes. It was in that moment of decision that I managed to save my own life. Whilst men and women struggled to get their loved ones out of their cars, chatted on their phones and stared up into the sky, I had hunted through the gym bag I always left in my car for convenience. It didn't matter much to me that the clothes inside stunk to high heaven. Placed a baseball cap on my head and wrapped my mouth and nose with the festering cotton of my Liverpool United t-shirt. I sprinted home, streaming past those who screamed out for help. Families whose tears had already begun to turn pink as they turned skyward. Ash catching on their tongues, sucked up into their nostrils. 
Even now, cars still tried to inch forward, with those inside still terrified of opening their doors or windows. These were the smarter ones, though there was no way that their cars were going to be moving any further forward. Bonnets crumpled, engines roared, horns continued to play the orchestral score of the panic. And there, I continued running, running until my legs screamed back at me, a red-hot fire in my quads, sweat sticking my clean white t-shirt to my back beneath my blazer, focusing on running, running, away from the road, down the side streets, running, always running, a white cold panic of my own as I breathed in the B.O. of my shirt, which stung my lungs, still thankful it wasn't the ash, passing more and more people hunched over, coughing, each breath reeling in clouds of flakes into their respiratory systems, each breath out another racking cough, splattered with thick bile coated in blood, crying, always crying. Please. A boy, no older than seven, wheezed. He'd fallen off his bike, an impressive red gash on his forehead revealing the pink of tissue beneath. Please. Reaching out, a terrified look on his face. A mobile phone smashed on the floor, blinking whites on the screen. I paused only a moment, considering helping him, wondering if there was much to be done to help the poor bastard, contemplating what reserves I had in my house, in case of emergencies, and if maybe they would last an extra person some time before the smog cleared. The blasting of a horn made the decision for me. The call enough to cause me to jump backwards, missing the ambulance by inches as it skidded across the road and trapped the boy between the wall and the bonnet. Fuck! I remember shouting that much. Fuck! 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 The rest of the journey back was a blur. My body doing all the work as my mind played the whole ordeal back on loop, cast in a vivid display of the boy and the ambulance. The boy and the ambulance, the boy, and the ambulance, the boy, and the ambulance, the sound of the boy crushed that I'll never forget playing in a loop in my head, barely more than an oof, followed by the swatting of a fly, amplified through a loud hailer. Shit! I was gone, running faster than ever I had before, blinking away the blood, blood, so much blood. The driver covered in this stuff. The walls. The boy. Oh, the boy. I think that moment taught me everything that I needed to know about what was coming. I passed more of the bleeding and the damned. They passed in a blur of whales and pinks and reds, even with my eyes glued to the pavement. Focusing every ounce of effort on the ground whilst my brain tried to self-destructively pull my attention skyward at the increasing flurry of miserable snowy ash. I ran. And ran. And ran. Home couldn't have arrived any faster. I barred the doors, pulled the curtains shut, ignored the pounding fists against my house, and sprinted down. Down into the basement pushing the light switch and beating the electricity down the stairs, almost crashing against the far walls the 13-watt flickered and hummed into life. A dim silence awaited me. My body fell into shock. I rested my sweating back against the wall and slid to my ass, the room falling into darkness once more. 
I'm not sure how long I was unconscious for. My brain struggled to reboot, causing a jolt of adrenaline as I came to, realizing suddenly that I was not in my bed. My sunrise alarm clock not beside me. The 32-inch TV I had inherited from a previous relationship not at the foot of my bed. My eyes stung. My head pounded. My throat was parched. I coughed and pulled myself upright, dabbing at my eyes, remembering the chain of events, hoping to hell that I wouldn't pull my hands away and see smears of my own blood, that I wouldn't cough and hack up globs of the stuff. And hey, my luck held out. The knuckles of my fingers remained clean, besides from a smear of dust, the palms of my hands showing nothing but green-white mucus as I coughed. I sighed, laughed, laughed until tears flowed down my cheeks, reveling in each rack of the body as my eyes poured and my laughter only grew. An honest man caught in a madman's memories. It was liberating, suffocating, uplifting, depressing, all at the same time. This cocktail of disbelief and bitter realization at war within myself. When the laughter and sobs eventually did die, I became intensely aware of the silence surrounding me. Only a moth buzzing near the naked bulb to break it. There were shelves around the walls lined up, with old crap I'd never had the chance to clear. Cardboard boxes decaying from the time left in the hovel beneath my house. A lawnmower. A rake. A great number of possible weapons for a zombie apocalypse, but little in the way of nourishment. My stomach grumbled. I debated with myself for all of two seconds, before taking my leave up the stairs, sliding off the chain and emerging into my hallway, only to stop once more, my blood turning to ice. Bodies littered my hallway floor underneath a glittering carpet of shattered glass, looking as though God himself had picked up the poor bastards and used their bodies brick my house, a splintered hole in the front doorway where they had smashed through in their madness, war paint and blood on their faces, and painting the air a murky haze of ash. All of this I caught in less time than it took for me to seal the door closed behind me. I became deftly aware of the silence in the world outside, bar from the wind now whispering in drafts through my hallway. All was quiet. The genesis of a new world. I returned down the stairs with legs that felt filled with cotton, eyes and blinking, the faintest traces of pink mixed with the tears which rolled down my filthy cheeks. Not that I would know that then. I took my place once more by the wall, remembering at some point to breathe, picking my phone out of my pocket and feeling my heart drop at the blinking battery icon at the top right corner. A series of notifications. A wave of missed calls, texts, messages, alerts. A voicemail. A thousand efforts to contact a man who had passed out and accidentally survived the apocalypse. When my hand stopped shaking, I dialed the number for voicemail and listened to the automated woman speak. It was comforting, really. Hearing someone else's voice, I'd have listened to her on repeat. If I hadn't heard my father's breathless voice appearing. Son, son, please, please pick up your mother. She with me and I, I, oh God, what is this mess? Words interrupted by coughing splutters of phlegm and bile. Please, we need to know the old thing. 
wave of static. I held the phone against my forehead, letting the tears come, almost missing the words as the static subsided, and in its place. Parker. My mother now. Yes? I answered desperately, as if she were right beside me now. Sound of glass shattering upstairs. For God's sake, Hilda, turn the phone off. Marcus, if you see this, know that we're safe for now. But please, come find us. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Other Stories. Ashes to Ashes was written by Daniel Wilcox, narrated by Justin Fife, edited by Carl Hughes and music by Chris Zabriskie and Tom Robson. Daniel Wilcox is the best-selling author behind such dark fiction titles as They Rot, They Remain and Lazarus, co-written alongside myself, as well as The Caitlin Chronicles with top 10 Amazon author Michael Ondale. To find out more about Dan's work, visit www.danielwilcox.com. Also, you can help us keep making our show by becoming a patron over at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. There you'll get early ad-free access to episodes, monthly bonus episodes, and even more bonus content. Mmm, tasty. Until next time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.